Hi and welcome back everyone to yet another episode of Millennial Paisa. We're trying out a lot of interesting stuff this season and uh, one of those experiments is a free wheeling chat that's between two Indian millennials who have a keen interest in the world of investing. Today on this podcast is a returning guest, one of my closest friends Anurag Chatterjee. So welcome Anurag, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Lockdown has been amazing. Uh investing has been going on for a you know long time but this year was amazing for both of us i guess and many more millennial investors or shall i call them robin hood investors <laughs> as the world does now definitely definitely so anurag actually works in the pharma industry but he keeps a very close track of the world of stock markets and also the interest rates in loans and fixed deposits there's actually a podcast i did with him last year around some of the niche mutual funds which have actually since given some mind blowing returns so you can check that out on my playlist on any of the podcast apps but on this episode we will sit back and we'll talk a bit about the bigger picture we'll be talking about the valuations that right now are going a bit wonky in the indian stock market you're seeing prices getting all time highs indices getting all times highs then we will be talking about long term investments like fixed deposits why interest rates are falling and do they even make sense today finally we'll be touching upon some investment strategies that could help first time investors listening in these won't be any specific strategies but will give you a direction of how to invest so anurag let's start with the stock market do you have any sort of explanation as to what the heck is up with these stock prices that too during this pandemic no i absolutely do not <laughs> uh if you just look at a few stocks i mean everyone is just going haywire and the only word i'll just this is the wild wild west or the wild wild east if i may uh adani green right if to be a prime example there are many explanations but there is not one point that i will just say ki this is a big indicator that this is the reason the market is growing there are many indicators that will tell us the complete story of why the market is behaving right now the way it is So uh, why don't you tell us why uh, people were rational like a few decades back and why the rationality has gone for a toss in the market right now So we have to go a bit back in the past so let's just say in 80s and 70s and 80s mm-hmm. So this was a the market was something that was run by cartels so this was something that big companies and big groups and big gentlemen's clubs used to run these things hmm. so because we did not have that much money in the market at that point of time right what to invest where to invest where to put the money in they were controlling the game then came the likes of dhirubhai ambani and many other big honchos who came up with companies in india indian companies who were now trading in the indian market these people actually had a say now so this was not just completely run by a select group of people the market was now starting to be more accessible to people so people were looking at the likes of dhirubhai ambani so many more people who were telling the world about something like the stock market right so that enabled a lot of these middle class lot of the lower middle class people to trust these companies to create value from them to invest in them yeah as in if recently if anyone seen the show the cam 1992 it was all about how they used to say that i got my daughter married off by the money that i earned from a single stock yeah or uh, 
people started dreaming as in it was not just investment it was they are just putting in all the savings of their lifetime and they were just putting in some accounts and some stocks and they were getting huge returns yeah. and it was not something that was out of their reach now it was not something that was run by just a select group of people now anyone and everyone could just invest in the markets and earn their share so it was as simple as that so i think that has uh, definitely made it more complex i think with all of these millions of people coming in with all of their dreams all of their aspirations i think they are not factoring in the real value now i think they are focusing a bit on the future value what do you think absolutely a million minds a million ideas i guess so if you just even take example just 5 million people investing so you've got 5 million brains churning around and thinking about things that maybe they exist or maybe they don't as a normal investor as i say as an educated investor you might look for a pe ratio or some indicators of fixed indicators that you would actually look for in a company before investing but i for a 20 year old who's investing in a company let's just say exide a company that makes batteries he may factor in the points as in india is a very big growing market in automobiles and more the cars more the batteries so maybe he thinks that the future is very strong for a car company that manufactures batteries and the likes of big companies now going into electric car technology so a battery maker stands a chance to actually leverage in more than rather than any other company that might enjoy a bull run if you may in the coming years so that is a 20 year old might think that maybe yeah excited if i invest a certain amount of money right now i might actually get a good return out of it maybe i turn out to be a big bull if you may <laughs> also on those lines i think adani green energy is a very good example it has grown i think more than 10 times in this last year i think that's the success story of 2020 and once again that has been on its future potential its future growth because i think it's the market leader when it comes to uh, renewable energy in india and that is the next big thing for the next couple of decades i think yeah but you've got to look at the fact that everyone's hoping that it turns out to be the next big thing we're not certain enough or we're not looking at the indicators or something as a fixed point that would actually tell us that these are some certain factors that adani green energy is the next big thing in the green energy industry and So I just hope that Adani Green Energy is what it's trying to sell itself as. Right. Well, I think that is something for the market forces and the investors to decide. But let's move back a bit to a more generalized concept. Actually, um, I'll I'll talk about a concept by a famed investor Saurabh Mukherjee, who's been running some mutual funds that have been doing well in the past few years. So what he uh, says is what he hypothesizes is that. the stock market in india it actually factors in returns for the next 20 years for any company listed on the market so what that means is that if uh, you take an hdfc or a reliance the the market price at this time is factoring in growth of the next 20 years so what this means is that in 2020 when we saw a lot of lockdowns we thought that uh, companies would be out of business for an entire year well that didn't happen they were out of business for a few months i would say for this for, uh, for the basis of this uh, argument let's just assume they were out of business for an entire year so if the market is factoring in growth for 20 years then one year means 5% less but in march 
the market fell by 35 40 45% so that was the perfect time for a lot of investors who had been waiting right at the coast to jump in and get the returns and get the market back up so i think that is a very big reason that we are now seeing the markets at this level there are so there are two people uh, investing right now one one is the category that went in during the march april may uh, lows they are now sitting uh, comfortably at 80 90% gains while there are other people who are still who still continue to invest by being amazed by these returns that are uh, that exist in the market so i think that's also happening in the us uh, we saw tesla stock this just booming making elon musk the richest man in the world so i think that example pushes further this uh, philosophy of factoring in growth factoring in potential for the next couple of decades at least so i think tesla is a prime example of how high liquidity in people's hands especially people who know about how to invest knowing about the stock market is one thing and actually investing in it is a very different thing many people know about the stock market but they do not go ahead and start investing in it as you can say that in the united states people are more aware about the market so right. when they have extra cash in their hands or they have a bit of extra liquidity in their hands they tend to invest in the market let's just say that people are more aware of it so they were more aware of the fact that tesla as a company has a very great growth prospect as you said that the next 20 years so people actually think that the next 20 years belong to the electric car industry and tesla being a market leader in that sector enjoyed through that part that they benefited so much that elon musk is the richest man alive yeah i think everyone is placing their bets on the one that seems like the leader for the next few years at least they are the leader right now but obviously you you have to place your bets i mean everyone is not a warren buffett or any like a popular investor they need to place their bets on what seems like the safest option right now yeah i mean everyone's not warm but i put it perfectly in the fact that if i had to put my money in something as in the indian market i would just put in reliance right i don't want to stress a lot i don't want to go ahead and research a lot i see a company that has great potential um, mukesh money is putting getting so much investment right in the lockdown period if we all saw like facebook investing in it the abu dhabi fund investing in mukesh amani's geo so the best bet for the americans was tesla for us maybe it's reliance or it could be anything else but the fact is that indians when we get a let's just say liquidity in our hands a bit of cash in our hands which we we do not invest it we are not very investment friendly people we do not go ahead and right now put it in an investment fund we would like to save it we just put it in a savings account for a rainy day so that is one factor another factor is that we did not get those stimulus checks in our country right so mm-hmm. i think that is another mm-hmm. frontier where the us is actually helping india grow also because as you see uh, the us stock market has also grown 4 5x in these last few months and uh, customers from these mutual fund companies in the us they are wanting more returns so i think they are turning now to india because which has the perfect mix of potential for growth and also a large volume of trading so it makes india a perfect place for these investors to invest in and obviously further you see that all of the nifty sensex reliance hdfcs of the world they go up obviously with this massive massive foreign investment coming in 
Yeah, I mean, foreign investors, there is a limit to, to how much you can milk a cow. So the American market, at a point of time, the returns that they're giving to their customers back in the States, I mean, there is a limitation to that. I think the perfect market, if not perfect, the best market to generate those kind of returns for a very long period of time is India. So our markets are stable. We are, and I think if not good, we're giving one of the best returns in the world right now as a market. So the amount of liquidity that the foreign investors are actually pumping in our market is also helping in this bull run that is happening right now. So it's just not our investors. It's a lot of foreign money coming in our markets right now, seeing companies with strong potentials that will give strong returns in the future, in the coming future. And that's it. It's basically foreign companies actually looking for a great return for about 10 to 20 period, 20 years of time. And we'll just see what happens next. All right. So I'll just sum this up the uh, valuation in the stock market bit. So if I talk about the near future, I think uh, Nifty at around 15,000, uh, Sensex at around 50,000. I think those are not sustainable levels right now. Uh, especially with GDP contracting and uh, businesses losing a lot of uh, people and a lot of business this year. Uh, but that said, this bull run, I think it will continue for a good couple of years. Obviously, it will have its sizable share of corrections here and there. And that will actually help weed out the hesitant investors, the people uh, who are just there for the thrills. And once that is out of the way, I think the Indian market uh, usually has had a way of finding its momentum to go ahead. And that's been happening for the last few decades. And uh, I mean, after all, it's one of the most promising growth stories in the world. So uh, what do you think? Uh, any signs of correction yet? Or what, what, what do you expect? Uh, while we're just making this podcast and while we're talking, today the market lost around about 500 odd points. So I think in the future, the investor that has a lot of patience knows where he's investing and has a very basic idea of if he wants to stay in the market for a long period of time or he's just here to ride the bull period and just panic around when the stocks start losing their shield. So I think that anyone who's investing right now or anyone who's going to start investing in this period of time where you're seeing such brilliant returns coming from stocks, you have to be very patient with it. You have to analyze the market as in there are periods when the market will fall, but you have to just trust yourself, trust the stock you've invested in, the trust the company that you've invested in that you will sail through and happy investing ahead. That's all I guess. So let's just end this segment uh, with a very relevant saying. Uh, which goes that the stock market uh, actually transfers wealth from the impatient to the patient. Let's move to the second segment, which is all about FD interest rates and long-term investments. All right, then let's move on to our next topic for today. Let's talk about long-term investments. And that will have a special focus on fixed deposits or FDs. So Anurag, can you tell us what is happening with FD interest rates? Within a few months, we have seen them drop to, I think, just around 5% a lot of banks, which is really, really low. I remember just in 2012-13, I was enjoying rates of around 9.5% and seeing it drop this fast is just appalling. People are not spending more. To, I, if It's just way too direct. But So, consumption is very less in the market right now. People are not spending as much. They're saving more. 
they all and especially with the lockdown coming in people were not going out you were confined to your house for 6 months 5 months straight so no of offices if there are no offices then you won't go to restaurants no pubs no bars you're not shopping enough so all the money that was all the salaries that were coming in you just storing them up putting in the savings accounts so all these banks had a large kitty of money stored and i think india has had that philosophy for a long time the saving mindset not investing not spending but i think the lockdowns really hit home yeah with the lockdown the amount of uncertainty that it brought the public or the people were i very scared let's just say in a very straightforward fact that they were very scared of the fact that there was what will happen in the future so i'd rather save so if if i lose my job what if i have to pay for my son's schooling and this and that and so many expenditures so people just started saving naturally so they did not want to spend on leisure activities they were going out vacationing so they were preferring that they save all this money so what happened is that all these businesses small businesses medium businesses that were dependent on the fact that people spend are now starved of their customer base because people are now saving these banks that were pushing in home loans car loans that was stimulating the market because the market needs a lot of stimulation to stay afloat in the fact that if you don't consume what will i sell and if i don't sell i also lose my job so this very much leads to a recession yeah so it's the is the vicious circle of a recession so what is happening right now is with these fd rates that you're getting right now technically the banks the government is telling you to spend go ahead there is no benefit any more if if you put 1 lakh rupees and just get 4% interest rather go ahead maybe buy a car you can get a car loan at what 8% 8.5% right now maybe go ahead invest in your invest in a house or buy a house for yourself this is the perfect time right now with the rates going so low so the government the banks actually want to push out all the cash they've stored this period of time for 8 or 10 months period of time they stored all this money but now they want to actually stimulate the market they want to push out all the cash they've storing and they like go ahead start spending stimulate the market businesses will now see people buying stuff people don't buy stuff how these businesses will survive so yeah so i think that increases employment then income and obviously the gdp of the country so they just want to reverse that cycle that has begun for the country yeah the government also bought changes in the income tax rule and they were just hinting they weren't expecting such a condition would happen that the country would go in lockdown for it was also showing indications before people were not we were not saving as much as we were in the lockdown period but people were still not spending enough we've seen this problem in the indian market that people don't spend enough and you think that that is a good thing that people have a saving mentality that they're not going ahead you know getting their credit rating screwed but that is not a very good thing for the businesses to strive because if you don't have a customer if you don't see this kind of transactions happening if so the automobile industry is hit when you're not buying any cars so real the real estate industry is hit if no one's buying homes so indirectly if there is no real estate industry there the laborers don't have a job so there are houses are not being built cement stocks are hit there are, is no more requirement for cement there is no more requirement for iron so there is a very big vicious cycle happening if just people stop spending money and put this put their money in savings accounts or fds for a long period of time as in 5 years or 10 years 
Right. So I think that seems like a logical explanation of uh, what what's happening with the Indian Indian economy, Indian market right now. But if someone is listening in to know about some of the best long term investment opportunities now, now that the FDs and all of those stuff are out of the way, so what is something that you will advise? So I personally advise for them to get a national savings certificate. Okay. You could get them from a nearby post office. So it gives you a return of around six point eight percent per year, and that's a fixed interest rate. Yeah, that's a fixed interest that's rate. That's definitely much more than what an FD is offering right yeah, now. Yeah, any day, any day, and uh, you can also get a tax rebate of around one point five lakhs. Okay. So you can get a deduction of one point five lakhs, and uh, but yes, every year the government does consider the interest rate, and it can be corrected by the government. So, but if it is decided six point eight for a year, that is fixed. But it is revised, or at least it is looked by the government every year that if they want to keep it at six point eight percent or not. Okay, and what sort of uh, lock-in period are you looking at? So it it has got a minimum lock-in period of five years. After that, uh, you cannot continue. You need to get another national savings certificate. So you lock in your money for five years, and after five years, you can encash it. Yeah, I think five years seems like a decent amount of time, even for young uh, young employed people in the country. I think five years is a decent commitment that they can make, and for six point eight percent in this kind of an economy with these interest rates, I think it's a fair gamble when you even get a tax exemption that might save you uh, one or one and a half percent more in returns as well. So uh, I think I also have a personal recommendation. Uh, it's a very popular option actually. It's the PPF or Public Provident Fund uh, compared to the NSC. It's giving you a seven point one percent interest rate, obviously, which is much higher than other options available in the market. But you need to consider that you have a fifteen-year lock-in period here. Uh, you can only um, withdraw your money after fifteen fifteen years of your initial investment. But I mean, if you are going for a long-term investment and if you are saving, I think five uh, to ten percent of your monthly income, I think that's a decent amount of interest rate and a decent lock-in period. Considering that you are exempted completely from any sort of income tax, at deposit, at withdrawal, on the returns, so I mean that also increases your returns by a couple of percent. You need to factor in that as well. So uh, that with that we come to the end of the second segment. Talk about fixed deposits and what uh, long-term investments are good for you right now. Um, let's now move on to the third segment. Okay, so the third and final segment on this episode today is where we'll talk about some investment strategies that uh, first-time investors or new investors should keep in mind when uh, going for uh, stocks or mutual funds or any any investment products in the market. Uh, once again, as we specified, that these are not like specific uh, strategies. These are actually the directions in which you should go, in which you should. uh research and which in which you should locate the stocks that you want to invest into so anurag uh, what do you think is a good strategy a good direction to take when investing in stocks so i just want to make one thing clear that uh, none of us are you know stock investing gurus or we're not investment advisors just like knowing about stocks and investing in them and mutual funds and so on and so forth so do not quote me on this this is just a basic understanding of what i feel is the right way to do it so i think the future of the product is the product going to stay relevant is much more important let's just compare a car was a car company or an automobile company to a bank 
five years ago, someone for someone, a person, it was very important to have a car. Right now, you have companies as the like of Ola and Uber that many people do not require cars. Even public transport, I think that's been strengthening in the country. You've got buses, you metros, and so on and so forth. That maybe the car industry lost a lot of customers to, I mean, as in even millennials who didn't want to buy a car because it's a depreciating asset. But as compared to banks, you will always require a bank. So you'll always need a savings account. There will always be a requirement for loans. There will always be a requirement for saving schemes and so on. And all the allied services a bank provides rather than what a car or an automobile company would be providing to you. So if you compare a bank as a stock or bank as a comp- as an industry is much more certain or long term than the automobile industry. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so um, I mean, obviously, future potential of a product should be your top priority. Uh, I'll just get into some financial technicality here, not complicating it too much. One thing that you should obviously check every time you want to invest into a company for long term uh, sense is the debt uh, health of that company. So I'm not saying that uh, having debt on a company is a sin. Actually, in a lot of cases, it's actually good that you should be knowing how to leverage your debt, how you should take debt and make newer products, newer sectors from it. But you should always check for the repayment history of a company, how it's treating its debt. It should never be much more than its revenue or profit. For example, if a company has a 50 rupee debt in the first year and say a 100 or 200 rupees revenue in the same year, it should not be that the debt is increasing vastly while the revenue and profits grow very slowly. The debt should also go down and obviously the ideal situation is that the company should be a debt-free company but obviously we aren't living in ideal worlds. You should be checking for the repayment history of debt of that company. So I think those two things, the future potential and the debt repayment history are crucial in selecting a stock. But Anurag, what do you think What when people are buying mutual funds, when they are starting SIPs, what should they check for? I mean, they should exactly check for what they would check in a stock, I guess, because if you're not directly investing in a stock, someone else is doing it for you. And he's completely telling you where he's going to invest all the money in. So all the best thing you can do is go ahead. There's in mutual fund you want to invest in. Just go ahead and in the sectors it will invest all its money in. So any mutual fund will tell you if it's invested in 20% of financials or 20% of services or 30% of FMCG or whatever is and whatever you understand wherever you think is the most apt percentage and mainly how much returns it is generating past performance that is that is those are the major things you have to focus on and the category average it's investing in so it should be above the category average at least and another important thing is expense ratio so if I don't know 2% 2% or 3% of expense ratio, you think it's nothing. But if you have invested for about 15 to 20 years period of time, yearly expense ratio of 2 to 3% for a very elongated period of time turns out to be a very big chunk out of your profit. So I think you should look at expense ratio, where your mutual fund is investing in, its past performances, the amount of returns it has generated for one, three or five years of time, and uh, the category average. That's just it. Yeah, I think you make a good point with the expense ratio. That's a small caveat that a lot of people tend to miss uh, the commissions that the mutual fund company charges every year. If you are investing an SIP for say seven, eight, ten years, 
that comes out to be a very big expense and uh, you'll probably end up losing a few percentage on your returns so i think we'll end it with these these few strategies these few directions for first time investors so that is it for the second episode of season 2 here on millennial paisa hope you took something home from the insights shared today we talked a lot about the stock market fd interest rates loan interest and even some directions and strategies for first time and new investors stay tuned we are coming up with episodes on credit card rewards bitcoin global investing and a lot more is in the pipeline with a lot of experts lot of guests so be sure to subscribe to millennial paisa on your favorite podcast app we are now everywhere on apple podcast google podcast jio savan gana wink and for any queries you can reach me on instagram at ankit chavla 6 and on twitter on average spy that's a v e r a g e s p y that's it from my side catch you in the next one